You're listening to Adaptable for Your Thoughts, a show where we speak to leaders across multiple industries to gather their views and advice on prominent themes and topics within the workplace. Hey, welcome to Single Steps. Today we've got an extremely interesting guest. We've got Nisha on the show uh, to talk to us about some really wonderful things around DEI and, and, and inclusion and hiring practices. Um, Nisha is the DEI lead for Standard Chartered. Above and being uh, super, super uh, educated in what she does and extremely insightful in what she does, she's also a very fun person to hang around with. I myself have had uh, the pleasure of catching up with her multiple times. And to top it off today, I've got Sarah Ann, who is our marketing lead in Hatch Asia, who is also going to be co-hosting the show with me. So I'm super excited this Friday afternoon uh, to be with these two lovely ladies. Before I carry on, Nisha, how are you? How are things? Hi, Ani. Thank you so much for having me on the call today. I'm actually very excited. This is the best part of a Friday and <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. Perfect. I always want to be the best part of someone's Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. That's why we've got you on the show, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. So I'm Sarah. I do. I lead the marketing for Hatch Asia. So let's get this episode started then. Cool. Okay. So, uh, Nisha, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, Nisha is from Standard Chatted, and uh, she will be uh, talking to us about diversity and inclusion uh, for an organization and how we can implement that. So, uh, is every organization fit to hire the specially able uh, as long as they have the right support systems in place? Thank you. And that's a very interesting question. Um, I don't... Uh, I I do feel that we have uh, certain fitments for each. However, uh, the understanding of what drives the organization is important. So let's just start there. If if there is an organization uh, that understands the purpose of the particular role and how they can uh, uh, work on on the outcome, versus okay, I'm going to clock in nine to six. 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. The person, the person that works for me needs to be physically in front of me mm-hmm. uh, and needs to strictly take an hour break. But what is the outcome of that day? Who knows? Then that's going to be a bit difficult to identify the right talent for it. And then I, I think most organizations are moving away from that. Um, the only sil- silver lining to COVID is the fact that uh, most organizations were pushed towards it faster. So mm-hmm. we, we were kind of uh, moved into it faster than we would have generally had. Uh, very, I'm very grateful with Senate started because again, being a, a group global in, uh, kind of organization, we see the diversity of needing to be inclusive. So let's just put it there. That's a requirement and it's not a nice to have. There are more than 20 over disabilities. And as we progress and understand and identify these disabilities, then you'd know what fits. So potentially 20 years back, uh, a certain disability from an emotional standpoint would not have been recognized. It would have just been, go for counseling, you're okay. And, you know, um, as what most most of our forefathers will say, get over it and and move forward. Whereas now we are more sensitive and we're more open 
to ensuring that these are the um, you know uh, disabilities that has their ability as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that coming back to the question, it all depends on how ready the organization is, yeah. and is there sufficient research done before you put the word out there that yes, I want to incorporate differently able colleagues in my, uh, as a talent pool. All right. So. What would the starting point of an organization look like to assess their business needs and to comprehend how they can embark on their hiring journey? Sure. First, assure that the organization is a safe space. That's super important. And that comes with awareness initiatives. That comes from, unfortunately, it is still a top to bottom uh, comms that needs to go out. So uh, safe space that you will not be judged, you will not be discriminated. Yeah. And even that takes at least two to three years, to be fair. Right. It's not overnight. It's not a, 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 a chairman speech that says on International Day of Persons with Disability, uh, yeah. we have zero discrimination. No, uh, yeah. it shows, it, it has to be uh, seen in communication emails. It has to be seen, like, for example, job descriptions. Yeah. It, it needs to, it needs to then get there. So, Writing, uh, uh, including, uh, you know, uh, uh, you need to sit in your chair for eight hours and then yeah. sort of stop writing cringe-worthy content. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that that sort of elevates one, which is the lead. So leaders are very aware. Yeah. Leaders are aware of, of the brand that they carry. Mm. But now mm. what happens is the challenge is when it goes to mid-level management. Mm. And mm. when you have an organization that's, above 100 people, 1,000 people, 5,000, 10,000 people, then the bulk of, of, of the org chart, let's say, is more of a pyramid, more than a diamond shape. I mean, we are sort of moving towards a diamond shape, but it will take years. So we are still mm. very much heavy at the bottom. Now, mm. who, has, who has direct contact and who has direct impact to the bottom part of the pyramid, which is the middle management? And they are the ones that needs to understand. So what we've done is, um, from, from my experience, awareness was done very much in the early part of the year with uh, leaders to get them to, to be champions, to advocate for us. That's one. So only with that, uh, you know, championing us, then their middle-level uh, team members will say, okay, I respect this initiative. I want to spend that time and I want to see where I can go with it. And we had uh, something called in, with, uh, with our CEO, Matthew Norris, we had a session called the Disability Learning Group. So what it means is it's a semi-annual initiative. Uh, due to COVID, it's virtual, but if it's not, it's face-to-face -face, where um, differently able colleagues have direct access to the leaders. Now we are wow. cutting off the entire middle management level. Mm. Yeah. And so what it means is if I have just started work, I'm a fresh graduate and I'm a wheelchair user, I have an opportunity apart from an open, open door or open office concept. Yeah. I have a platform guided by my um, uh, HR division, for example. And what I have is access to Matthew Norris, access to my CEO, and this particular employee uh, spoke to um, our CEO and said, now, if I am monitored by my timing, when I take 
time off, right? So like people go off for cigarette breaks for 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but uh, I want to go for my, uh, you know, nature call break. And if it's timed at 10 minutes and, and what he did was he got the CEO to sit in his wheelchair from his desk, go all the way to the toilet, take your access, go pee and come back and gauge that time. And that was really impactful. And the other point was it, it, that, of, of course, there's male, female and there's as the uh, OKU uh, yeah. toilet. What happened was the access was not uh, um, specified to that person. So anyone could use it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, people people who are able, and you yeah. see this in shopping malls it. as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, exactly. they think OKU toilets is everyone toilets. Everyone <laughs> toilets, it's yeah. bigger, uh, it seems cleaner, yeah. and yeah. I'd rather go there, right? Yeah. And what happens is now, this is being, you know, sort of, of looked at, okay, now I don't have that speciality in sitting here because I need it more than anybody else, right? And this mm-hmm. is for me. So the CEO worked very, and there was, I mean, he's a CEO of 33,000 over employees over five different countries. But he went to the property office and he said, okay, these are the bank IDs of all my differently able colleagues. Mm-hmm. And I want to ensure that only they have access to their cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. with so much pride, uh, the next time we met up, the same team said, you know, I feel, you know, included at the same time exclusive. Mm. Yeah. So so yeah. It, it all starts with infrastructure of the building and then right. it goes yeah. on to what else can you support. Right. Yeah. So when organizations are actually, when they make the conscious decision of hiring people with disabilities, do they have to have all of these in place? Um, like... They have to, I mean, of course, they first have to ensure their um, building structure allows for them to hire. But then do they also have to have support mechanisms in place already? Or do they just cross the bridge when they come to it? So at least if fundamental support is required. One, you have the leadership team uh, supportive, very supportive of it. That's important. Um, and second is to have, uh, so for a, a large organization like Senate Chartered, we do have uh, diversity and inclusion leads like myself and a whole team that apart from our uh, BAU job, this is also very much, uh, you know, uh, an important fundamental part of our role. Now, not all organizations can afford that. So what yeah. we tend mm. to also leverage on is, is the human resource business partners are crucial. Because talent acquisition teams and resourcing teams have to be well-versed in it Mm. so that they don't come across discriminating even at the first call. Your leaders, the people leaders, your HR partners and your talent acquisition, um, uh, talent acquisition resourcing partners are the primary fundamental people to drive diversity and inclusion, especially in the differently abled talent pool. Right, right. So I guess it's just yeah. a process where they always have to be aware and learn on the go as well. Like they can't, Absolutely. yeah. And always being open to hearing um, after they hire for problems that yes. may come up. Because Absolutely. again, we live in a world that is suited for us. And only when people come to us and tell us, I can't, I can't live in this world or I can't uh, function at full capacity in this world, then we yeah. are able to help them, right? 
Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where the HR partner comes in. Yeah. So the re- I mean, as much as we want the resourcing partner or the talent acquisition partner to do it, but they are they've got a, a set of uh of, of expectations that they need to hit, right? The amount of talent that needs to come in. So it sometimes is natural for them to say, okay, you've been hired, 30 days, I'll check on you, 60 days, I'll check on you. But that's that's to the capacity that they can go to. Now, mm-hmm. HR partners are more strategic that way. So they could initiate support groups internally. They can actually work with line managers. So apart from, from checking on differently able colleagues, it's now going to their line managers and say, okay, so how has it been? Do you need support? And what happens is that um, when you you need to evolve from being sympathetic to empathizing, mm. and it's a very, yep. very thin line. I did want to ask you just one question. Um, for me, this call was extremely insightful. Um, some of the terminologies you used were fairly new to me, to be honest. And I think... Um, it's quite easy to get caught on the whole sympathy element, right? It, 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 it is quite easy to get. I mean, as we were speaking, a part of me kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it's not right for me to say this, but I, I kind of felt some sympathy. Uh, is, is there a way you can kind of distance an individual from that? Um, and, and, and how does that happen? Like, because I can imagine in, in organizations, especially leaders and, and mid-level managers, um, that could seep in, right? That 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 culture yeah. of sympathy could seep in, um, but at the same point, that does not reflect positively because these individuals want to be recognized for the work they do and the contribution that they bring in, just like you and me. Absolutely, and Sarah, right? Absolutely. This, uh, yeah. yeah. So how 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 do you balance that? That's to me, that's really quite an interesting. Um, I don't know the word interesting, but that's quite a, a needed element to, to make sure this works the right way. Absolutely. And and sympathizing, uh, potentially it has to maybe start from sympathizing. Right. Otherwise you won't. And, and, and yeah. we're ingrained as we, when we were younger, our, our parents would yeah. take us to, to homes and say, you know, you should yeah. feel lucky that you have a mom and dad. Now, actually that that's that's as we grow up that's the wrong way because you're you're sort mm. of looking down on somebody yeah. but maybe to kind of trigger the emotional element that's needed and then to eventually transition to empathizing and empathizing it purely means okay i understand your mm. uh, strengths and potentially areas of of op- opportunities right i right. first and foremost i need to understand before speaking to you before Mm. telling you that hey why don't you apply for this job because Mm. I need to know that so the assumption part needs to go and slowly it what it becomes is the best way to to speak to somebody is ask and 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 what I I do before uh, any interviews is okay what's your comfort zone what would you like what would you need and when you elevate to a point where okay you understand the person you give that advice then you go on to a mode where, okay, I'm here as your mentor. You want to, apart from the entire community and an entire organization supporting you, how are you self-advocating? Where is your self-advocacy for the differently able person? And say that we've enabled you with all this. What are you doing to kind of pick that up? Yeah. Right. But it, right. It, it sort of needs that comfort level to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all self-awareness. Yeah. It's all self-awareness. Yeah. So I can't go in not knowing the person and say, hey, you need right. to work hard. Yeah. Right. Mm. 
Yeah. I need to understand. I need to know that we've equipped the person yeah. before yeah. then saying, okay, now let's do some self-coaching yeah. initiatives. Yeah. 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 Love breaking of your own biases, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope okay. I hope job descriptions get better. Yeah, yeah. In the market. Sure. Yep, yep. Definitely. Yeah. It should. It's, it's they, they should have a, a JD police <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DNI yeah DNI team that screens uh, job Absolutely. descriptions really that should be part of the hiring team too like it's something Absolutely. that people should be trained on yeah like, and, and consulting firms correct and consulting and, and, and recruitment companies need to be advocates for this before the organizations yeah correct correct yeah 100% so, so absolutely so organizations uh, in a lot of way, depend on uh, agencies and and consulting firms to tell them yeah. what what how do we brand and position ourselves as, as employers. Yep. And yep. and that's where yep. the consulting firms say yep. you know diversity is crucial, it's needed, and and yep. whether that's an element of um, uh, disability or or gender or LGBTQ or well being, yep. that talent is required. So I hope I hope as well because I've not really seen as many involvement uh, and yeah. and maybe the pro- problem is most consulting firms are, uh, I shouldn't generalize but are, are more order takers so they're not sitting as partners and that that comfortable element should come as well saying I have I have worked with you for 10 years I've given you X number of talent and in this X number of talent this number of people have been retained they have progressed we've given yeah. you quality people now hear me out and listen to us when yeah. we say yeah. what's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very valid yeah. point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, uh, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Um, but I also feel, uh, I, I'll speak, I'll speak as a vendor or a partner, whichever. Um, it takes two to tangle. Uh, Absolutely. So we we come in with you know data. We come in with the fact that you know maybe your 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 pipelines are not as diverse as it needs to be. Um, something as simple as portability of skill sets is still lacking in recruitment processes. We're still like, oh, get me someone from my industry. But when you break down the role, you do not need someone from your industry, especially Absolutely. if it's roles like you know digital leads, financial uh, CFOs things like that. Once you break down the industry and the component of how that organization value creates, you can then figure out what's the right leader from different industries that can come in and do the same. And I think the problem with firms like us or other firms also is we get scared to voice opinions because we think we'll lose the client. Right. And uh, I think we've had a couple of those relationships as well. But I think it's really important for us to voice out because at the end of the day, we are focused on getting you the right individual. And, and that might take some time. And that might take some time. But it's a commitment on both our sides. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's really what we're trying to do. So with whatever we do around assessments, you know, executive interviewing, leadership styles, understanding all of that, you know, multiple focal points, uh, those are just to get, you know, better pictures of the candidates. But I think there's a whole lot we need to go on inclusion. I think uh, diversity is a statistic if there's no inclusion. Um, so, so yeah, I, I'm really glad we had this conversation with you today because uh, it just tells us that we've got to do a lot more work. Uh, right. we're, we're, ba- we're barely scratching the surface. Um, the fact that the conversation, 
is already happening. That's a one step yeah. ahead, Ani. That's that's definitely one yeah. step. And it it goes back to the first question on who are important to drive that, right? So the the leaders, Absolutely. the HR business partners, and the talent acquisition or resourcing partners. Now, if consulting firms or agencies like yourself are able to implant the right of these three people in that organization, yeah, that's 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 already a step of a beautiful runway. All right. Before we let you go, Nisha, uh, do you want to say a word of advice to any organizations who want to implement um, a DNI strategy that uh, caters to people with disabilities or the enabled community, as you say? So it is. Um, I think my only uh, advice is um, it's not something an MBA can teach you or a certification can teach you. It's just being open to conversations and meeting people and speaking to people and and all, see the term speaking right so it's just engaging yeah, yeah. Mm. that's that's yeah. important and mm. and and um, I I think that I I see on LinkedIn as well there are more uh, more roles that are diversity and inclusion so that also means that organizations are investing in these roles and yeah. I've had a couple of uh, DNI managers DNI leaders who said. Can we, from a market understanding, uh, mm. work with each other? And that should be important. So that 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 ability to say, okay, call me anytime, have a chat, let's have a chat, let's let's see what's good for for society, right, for the community itself. And, yeah. and that's so. My only advice is if if there's any anyone from other organizations who'd like to know more about diversity and inclusion, how to to drive, I am just a LinkedIn click away anytime. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thanks so much for today, Nisha. Most welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Um, this is, you know, it's also very therapeutic for me to kind of uh, explain and, and get it out there as much as we do it a lot internally, but it's also important for the external side for the community. Good karma along for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank, thank you, you Nisha. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you for listening. We hope this podcast can help in your learning journeys. Check us out on our LinkedIn page, Hatch Asia Consulting. Till next time, keep growing.